Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today's Gospel passage was Pope John Paul II's most favorite Gospel passage in all the Bible. In fact, when John Paul II wrote Veritas Splendor, The Splendor of Truth, his encyclical, he specifically said, The essence of Christianity, the spiritual and the moral life, is founded in this story. This story captured the heart of John Paul II. And so the Pope used this gospel story to talk about the heart of spiritual life. And yet, before we can tackle it, we have to first go into the first reading. The first reading really sets the tone for the gospel. The first reading is from the Book of Wisdom. And here we hear Solomon praying for wisdom. It says, I prayed and prudence was given to me. I pleaded and the spirit of wisdom came to me. I preferred her to scepter and throne and deemed riches nothing in comparison with her. Well, we all know Solomon is the king of Israel. He has everything. He has power. He has riches, honor, everything. But all those things don't mean anything to him. Instead, what he is praying to God for is wisdom. Why? Because Solomon wants to share that wisdom that is given to him by God for all of humanity so that all of humanity may benefit by it. Now, this is a great example of stewardship. Each and every one of us has been given gifts by God, charisms, as St. Paul says, the gifts of skills and abilities, the gifts of prayer, the gifts of treasure. We don't use that for our own personal benefit. Instead, we use it for the benefit of others in our faith communities. That's what makes our communities strong. Now, this first reading is a great bridge that links the first reading to the gospel. Here we see two individuals in search of God. Solomon uses prayer to search for God. The rich young man literally goes out and approaches God. Now, this young man approaches God in the gospel at the very beginning, and he says to Jesus, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, It's interesting, only at the very end of the story do we find this young man's identity. He is a rich young man. Now, that's odd, but I would argue it's very deliberate, and we'll find out why. Now, this man asks a good question, a question that we have, many of us have asked throughout our life. We are all in search of salvation, eternal life with God. Notice, too, the odd detail. This man ran up to Jesus which shows that he's very eager to know, to have eternal life. Most importantly, he runs to Jesus as the source of eternal life. He doesn't run to the chief priests in the temple. He doesn't run to the Sadducees or the Pharisees. He runs to Jesus because he knows Jesus is the source of eternal life. 
so too with us. Aren't we eager? Eager to know what it takes to have eternal life and salvation. And we don't take it for granted either. But most importantly, we know the source of eternal life is Jesus and Jesus Christ only. That's why we pray every day. We go to Mass every weekend. We do the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Now, how does Jesus respond to this young man? He starts telling him the Ten Commandments that he must follow. And so, Jesus is telling us the road that leads to salvation is by following God's law and his commandments. Now, it's so interesting, the commandments that Jesus cites, they're about our relationship to one another, the things that are contrary to the life of Christ. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill. If we want eternal life, we have to remove these things because all these things are contrary to Jesus' life. I'll give you some examples. You shall not kill. Well, that's contrary to the life of Christ. Jesus is the author of life. You shall not bear false witness. Once again, that's contrary to Christ, who is the source of all truth. Therefore, we have to cut these things out of our life in order to do God's will. In some ways, it's kind of like going to the doctor. We go to our doctor and we say, what must I do in order to improve my health or maintain good health? They'll say, well, stop smoking, stop eating junk food, stop a lethargic life. You have to cut all those things out of your life. But ultimately, it's our choice. We have the free will to choose to do those things that will promote good health. Well, Jesus is telling us the same thing. We have the free will given to us by God to cut all those things out of our life, things that are contrary to the life of Christ. And when we do that, yes, then we will have eternal life. Notice how the young man responds. He says, Teacher, all these things I have observed from my youth. Now there's that beautiful moment. It says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go and sell all you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So Jesus admires the sincerity and the integrity of this man who carefully observes the commandments. But notice what he says next. He challenges the young man. He says, Go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. It says, The young man walked away, sad, because he had many possessions. Well, do you want friendship with God? Do you want intimacy with Jesus Christ? Well, then allow nothing, nothing at all to come between you and God. And that's the heart of the message for this weekend. There are many things that can come between us and God. For the young man, it was his possessions. For us, it may be power, honor, fame, fortune, money, materialism. And herein lies the great spiritual lesson, the lesson of detachment. The saints wrote about this spiritual discipline of detachment. St. Ignatius of Loyola referred to it as the indifferentia, indifferent to the allures of this world. Now we have to understand, each and every one of us has an infinite longing for the divine in our life. That's because we are made in the image and likeness of God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 Therefore, nothing in this world can take the place or satisfy that infinite longing for the divine in our life. What's the great spiritual danger? To replace that infinite longing for God 
with something else in this world. See, then we're setting ourselves up for real spiritual problems. And see, that's what Christ was trying to challenge this young man, to make a change of heart, to move from a world-centered perspective with his whole life being concerned of his possessions, move to a God-centered perspective. And I think that's the heart of the message for us all this weekend, to live our lives in terms of a God-centered perspective, such that nothing stands between us and our Lord. We are not preoccupied with the things of this world that distract us, nor do they prevent us from growing in our faith and our relationship with Christ. The important thing is that we cling to God and God alone. And so then it begs the question, what are some things that we can be attached to? St. Francis de Sales, I think, gives us the greatest answer to that question. He says, anything in this world that we are convinced we can't live without. Well, how many times have we heard people, family members, friends, relatives, whomever, co-workers say, you know, I just can't live without my phone, or I just can't live without social media or my computer. Well, if you look at the lives of the saints, the saints are people who could let all things go and then freely cling to God. Another way to look at this is that the things of this world shouldn't define who we are. Now, don't get me wrong. The things of this world are good in their own right. Property, cars, jewelry, boats, golf courses, vacations, all those things are good. They are gifts given to us by God. We should enjoy them. But they shouldn't define who we truly are. The source of our identity is always rooted in Jesus Christ. If that's the case, then yes, we are practicing the indifferentia. We are making sure that nothing stands between us and God. Now, mind you, it's not an attitude of apathy. Apathy is, I just don't care about anything. No, the indifferentia is that we completely detach ourselves from all the worldly things of this world, and so that we are now freely able to cling to God. I'll give you some examples. A person can say, Lord, I don't care if I'm healthy or if I'm sick, as long as I can serve you. Lord, I don't care if I'm Young or if I'm old, I don't care, as long as I can serve you. Lord, I don't care if I live in that tiny shack in the valley or if I live in a mansion on top of a hill. I don't care, as long as I can serve you. I don't care what car I drive in, whether it's a car that's 10 years old or a brand new car. I don't care, as long as I can serve you. Lord, I don't care if I don't have a dime to my name or I'm a very wealthy person. I don't care, as long as I can serve you. See, that's the indifferentia, the detachment. And that's the lesson I think Jesus is trying to teach us. Our identity has to be rooted in our relationship with Christ. And it's a relationship, one in which nothing at all should come between us and our faith, our belief and our love of Christ. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.